before we begin, we want to give a shout out to new Patreon subscriber, Little Baby Mans. <laughs> and I want it to be noted that I was the one that I'm giving this shout out because neither Megan nor Zena can keep a straight face right now. We love the name though. <laughs> Lil Baby Mans. Thanks so much for supporting the show, Lil Baby Mans. <laughs> If you want to see how you can support the show and get rewarded, much like Little Baby Mans, with more bloody goodies, make sure to check out patreon.com slash bedisgustingpod. You, you know the part in Scare Me where he's talking about the pitch at, when they're eating pizza and he's like, baby hands. Yeah. That's all I can oh. think of when I hear this, little baby hands. <laughs> On that note, first call. Hey everybody, this is my Cleopatra from upstate New York. Uh, and I was curious, uh, out of all the rumored movies that have been spoken of but never actually gone through production, what are the ones that uh, were the most, uh, you know, the most titillating for you? Uh, for myself, it would be uh, George Romero's Resident Evil or Pet Cemetery, uh, Alejandro Jodorowsky's Dune, and I really wanted to see uh, The Return of the Thing, the one where they actually end up bringing it back into the States. Um yeah, just want to know your guys' thoughts. Love the podcast, and thank you very much. Goodbye. Thanks, Mike. Great question. It's actually, you know, because we make announcements on the news so much for something that's in development, something that's picked up by HBO or Showtime or this producer or this studio or whatever, but we never really know if it's going to happen. It It is a pretty interesting topic, so I'm curious, and especially with Zena and Megan, I'm sure you've heard of ones that I've no, it's nowhere near my radar. So I'm curious. Uh, let's start with you, Megan. What, what's, or, or a couple. You, want, you got one okay, or two was, for sure. I was going to ask, like, how many do you want? Uh, <laughs> so I will start with uh, John Carpenter's Creature from the Black Lagoon. That was. Oh, yeah. You've talked about that one. Supposed to happen in the 90s and didn't. Uh, and then also keeping in a similar theme, uh, David Cronenberg's Frankenstein. Mm. Oh, that would have been amazing. Yeah. We still got time for that one, I feel like. Uh, yeah, except when they announced this, there was like a full page announcement in the papers way back when, like 80s. So I don't think he's going to return to that. Mm. Hmm. Bummer. How about you, Zeno? Um, okay, so the first one, Dolls, uh, Dolls from 1987, directed by Stuart Gordon. There was supposed to be a sequel, and Stuart Gordon... May he rest in peace. He was supposed to direct it, and the story would have been Judy and Ralph. Um, they go back to Boston, and uh, Gabriel and Hillary, like the toy owners, they sent her, like, a doll or some dolls and stuff. But it never happened, sadly. And, mm -hmm. and then the other one, it follows. Like, I keep on hearing it's on, then it's off, then it's on, then it's off. So it's just like, please, just give it to us. <laughs> um, There was one... You guys might be able to help me out with this one. So Ridley Scott and H.R. Geiger were gonna do, we're gonna do something. I think it was called The Train. And if I remember correctly, it was because it was gonna be like late '80s or so. And I think they ended up using like the model because I guess H.R. Geiger like built like a fully functional train for it, like futuristic locomotive. And I think they ended up using that for Species. When um uh, whatever Natasha Henstridge's character's name is, when she starts having those dreams, it's like this really obviously like heavy HR Geiger yeah like in locomotive. I think they ended up using it for that like just that imagery, but I think that they were gonna have something. Her entire more along design is Geiger. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. 
Um, did you ever watch the documentary on him, by the way? I did. His whole house is crazy. I did not. But like I believe it. You walk it. in and you're like, holy crap. You think it's more like a set designer's closet or something of all. <laughs> but it's like, it's like floor to ceiling, wall to wall. It's just totally him and his designs. It's nuts. That one. And then the one that I heard about is Paul Giamatti wanted to do a prequel sequel to Bubba Hotep called Bubba Nosferatu and the Curse of the She-Vampires. Like, oh, that would have been amazing. (laughs) That was also on my list. I stopped it too. Aren't you proud? (laughs) I'm so proud of you. YouTube's list was probably a phone book. So (laughs) I appreciate not having mine stolen. I didn't do it. All right, call two. Hey, guys. This is Regina from the Twin Cities again. This time I wanted to talk about music. We all know how important the soundtrack is for a film, and y'all have brought up the topic before. I mean, Tokyo Convertible? Anyway, one of my absolute favorite soundtracks is from Insidious. They had me hooked right at the beginning with the credits with that music. Do you have some scary movies that are favorites because of the soundtrack? Thanks. Thanks, Regina. Uh, Obviously, you nailed us with Tokyo Convertible. We've mentioned that more (laughs) than a few times on this podcast. Uh, And I know we've mentioned John Carpenter in the past, and that might be brought up again. But let's see what Xena and Megan have to say for Xena, you're up first. Okay, so I'm going to go with Tourist Trap. Like, it's one of those Mm. movies that when I first watched it, I wasn't, like, super in love with it right away. But I remember having the need, the need, to just (laughs) rewatch it again. And uh, the soundtrack is just so creepy and sinister and even especially like during um <laughs> during this it's weird because during like the death scenes like you hear like these little voices like i'm not even going to try to do it i'm no <laughs> but <laughs> but uh just just those little voices when this woman is like getting murdered by mannequins they're all just falling on her and it's just like they're singing you know they're having a good time but yeah just uh just that one it's a great uh, movie if you haven't seen it especially if you're someone who really enjoys like I don't want to say like slashers, but if you like, it's kind of like a horror movie that has like supernatural elements. I don't even remember the soundtrack because some of that stuff, like all of a sudden I started seeing even like the first scene. I was like, what is going on? I think I got more pulled into what was happening than anything. (laughs) How about you, Megan? Okay. So to limit myself, I approach this Mm -hmm. as uh, movies that are a favorite because of the soundtrack because I could list amazing soundtracks and scores all day. So, uh, Black Roses. I remember seeing a clip from an Alamo Drafthouse pre-show of Monsters playing an 80s metal song and I was mesmerized and like, what is this? I need this movie in my life. And that was Black Roses. I sought it out because of this and the the whole heavy metal aspect of it is what makes this like extra fun for me. Uh, and similarly, Anna and the Apocalypse. If you took the musical out of that movie, I don't know that I would love it as much. But the music mm. is vital to that. So, yeah. And then also to a lesser extent, but for the same reasoning, The Lost Boys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Lost Boys. I think that didn't even like click, but for some, there's certain songs in Lost Boys. Yeah. You know, especially like the open, like it's just like, yeah, you're right. Totally. Mm -hmm. And I'm not someone who's heavily, um, I don't necessarily hear the music, especially the first time I watch a horror movie. Music is like 
I'm sure it exists and every once in a while like it'll actually stick out to me but usually it takes a second or third viewing for me to start like really getting those musical cues yeah mm-hmm. but it's probably more like subversive you know because it plays a big part in the mood so you're not probably oh, I totally agree picking up on it you're just picking right. up on on it the mood from yeah it. I'm more listening I'm probably more listening to like the cues and mm-hmm. the building tension and and you know the classic moments when you expect all of a sudden there's no music and then all of a sudden there's a sting or something like that um the only two i could think of and i didn't think of that lost boys but lost boys is a great answer uh i thought near dark having rewatched near dark again lately there's something about like kind of the heavy synth like classic of it all that just it just fits really well Mm -hmm. um and then the other one was um Oh, oh, Candyman, which mm-hmm. I talked about last week, actually. Yeah. And that was another one where, I, again, I didn't really, like, I'd watched it a, a, quite a few times. And then rewatching it, I'm like, this music is, like, perfect for the movie. And if, I obviously liked the movie without the music. But yeah. now that I've really started to, like, feel, like watch it and feel it with the music, it's it's almost a different movie for me. Which maybe... That might actually be how everyone views the movie, and it takes me that long to see it like everybody else does when I start to appreciate the music. But, yes, Candyman. Candyman. Shout out to Goblin, too, who changes, like, most of Dario Argento's movies. Yeah. Nice. Welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, everyone, the podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world. And to discuss the disgusting, you know her as lead movie critic for Bloody Disgusting, horror movie fanatic and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. Hello. And you know her from her YouTube channel and website, Real Queen of Horror, and her infinite love for the genre, Zena Dixon. Hey, Zena. Hello. And I'm John. If you're listening to this on a Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. And if not, we're going to do our quick round the table for the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe there'll be things that'll make you smile, too. So, Zena, what's been filling your heart this week? Well, VHS 94 made me smile. And I'm going to tell you why I'm surprised. Because... Um, I remember a couple of weeks ago we were talking about the series and, you know, there's like hit or misses and stuff like that. So this was shocking. Anyway, <laughs> so if, if you have not, if you're not familiar with what she's talking about, check us out on Patreon. Yes. So, but yeah, it premieres on Shutter on October 6th. Um, so a police SWAT team investigates about a mysterious VHS tape and discovers a sinister cult that has pre-recorded material, which uncovers a nightmarish cons- conspiracy. So, yes, it does sound very much VHS-ish. So many S's. S's. Yes. (laughs) So um, they're pretty much going back to their original roots. And I feel like this is a much needed, like, sequel. Because uh, Viral came out, what, like seven years ago? And I don't really think I was... I have to be honest with you. I know we just recently talked about it. I don't even remember if I watched it or not. Is that that's that's just how um, right? What's happening? But it's it's just recently talked about it on Patreon. Everyone. Yes, we did. So for those of you who are confused, that's where our deep dives were. Deep dive, go listen to it. Um, but yeah, I really did enjoy this one. And like most anthologies, you know, like I was saying even earlier with the previous ones, there are some segments that are not so great. But I have to be honest with you, I kind of liked all of them. I thought all of them were pretty awesome and entertaining and bloody and gory and surprising you know and uh there's a really cool wraparound story and I found myself like really just intrigued by it so but yeah um it's pretty cool to see that there are some familiar 
uh, directors from the previous ones. And then there's also some new people who they really do like an awesome job. So if you are interested again, it'll be, it will premiere on October 6th on Shudder. So what? What is your favorite segment? Just like one, two, three, or four. You don't even have to go into um, it for, for spoiler's sake. I'm just curious. Okay, okay I'm not going to lie. So the first one, very much, um, okay, I, I like to see more. But that second one, because I, can, I couldn't imagine myself uh-huh. in that situation, uh-huh. I personally would have died on the spot. <laughs> okay. So that's, what, that's, that's where I'm at, you know. But so. it was, uh, again, it's kind of hard to pick. And then even like um, the third seat, see, I keep on, I can feel like I can keep on going, but the third one was pretty good too. So the first one is Chloe Acuno, uh, Simon Barrett mm-hmm. is the second, Timo Gianto is three, Timo. and Ryan Pro's um, Mortuary Collection. I'm pretty sure is Ryan Pro's mm-hmm. right. That's the fourth one. So yeah. yeah, I just love the discussion about like y- you see the favorites are all over the map, which is right, you know, pretty fun for an anthology. I agree. And almost everyone on my Instagram feed got swag from Shudder that I was in no way jealous of. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Everybody. Paul Tremblay got some. Listen, Paul Tremblay's an amazing author. Come on, Shudder. I watch all your <laughs> movies all the time. Over and over again. I haven't stopped talking about Hell, Hell House LLC for 400 days. That's true. You Give deserve a box. A box. box. <laughs> Nothing. But yeah, that was uh, the first uh, first watch that I wanted to talk about. Then the second one, um, the Dunwich Horror from 1970 on Hulu. I almost watched this too. I really? Think it's on HBO too. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm trying to watch some new stuff every single week because as of lately, I'm not gonna lie. Every once in a while, like I'll I'll come across something that's new or uh, for research or for something for a podcast or whatever. I find that I'll watch something new, but otherwise, I'll just keep on watching the Ice Cream Man. So. You know? Comfort watches are important too, though. It is. It really is. But it's just like you know, how many times can you watch the ice cream? Like you just watched the ice cream man like yesterday. You know. Well, for you, probably <laughs> a lot. Yeah. So, but anyway, uh, this one has been on my list for a while. So I checked it out on Hulu. Um, in this supernatural, visually pleasing '70s movie, a young female graduate student is targeted by a man attempting to use her in an occult ritual taken from the Book of the Dead. So um, this is based on H.P. Lovecraft's short story of the same name. And I feel like this is very much a psychedelic horror. And it, it looks 70s, but it's very, not saying, that's, not saying it's not like other 70s movies aren't polished, but it's very much polished. Like it just visually, it's just like a stunning movie. And um, weird question for you guys. You know, sometimes when you're watching a movie or a show and the per- there's someone, they're, they're an actor, so they have to like act, duh, but they're pretending, <laughs> you know, they're, they're acting like a creeper or like someone who's just like, ew, get away, right? And you don't believe them. So yeah, this is guy who plays this character named Wilbur, who is just so gross. Like, <laughs> I found myself laughing, but I laugh because I'm uncomfortable because like, so basically this young woman, her name is Nancy and for some reason, she just can't get enough of Wilbur. And it's just like, first off, she drives him home in the middle of the night to some deserted, creepy town. And then he talks real slow, just like this. And it's just, and I don't know, is that supposed to be sexy? Because it's not. And then, like, he, she goes to his house, and his house just looks, it looks so haunted. You know, it's clearly haunted. But she's just in there like, yeah, I don't, wow, beautiful. Like, making conversation 
then I had to pause it and like say a prayer because um, he'll just be like, okay, majority of the movie, he's just looking at her weird, looking at someone weird, making his face like very much weird or asking ridiculous, uncomfortable questions. Questions where you want to leave, just get in your car and drive away or questions where you want to call the cops on him just to get a restraining order. So I, I won't go into too much detail. I mean, we're all adults, but he basically <laughs> was asking her like a sexual question. And she like kept her cool because my eyes were so big. Cause I'm like, wait, what? Like I was the girl, you know? And I just would have went home, but she just, she didn't want to leave. Everybody was warning her, her friends, <laughs> secretly, the, the, the townies, everyone. And he's just doing secret rituals right in front of her face, like and saying <laughs> these ancient words. But she was just very much in love with Wilbur. You're and like, I, I didn't understand. You. Maybe she has self-esteem issues. I don't know. Maybe, but she used to be normal. And when she, she used, was in the she library. She used to be normal. <laughs> yeah, like she used to be a normal person. Like when she was in, in the library, living her life. And then, yeah. But anyway. Is the is, library a sign of being normal? But here's the thing. She was normal. Megan, okay, she wasn't like <laughs> the guy asked a question. He just looked like some weird, like, "Hey, uh, can, can I see that book?" And it's just like, okay, first off, why are you talking like that? Maybe Two, the rituals he did were, you know, to cast he didn't a spell. even do anything yet. Like it was her. Maybe like, he did I, it in she, his creepy haunted house before he showed maybe. up at the library. Maybe. I don't know. Like, I don't know, but this is hysterical. His own grandpa tried to warn her and she still didn't listen. Like, it was insane. Like, the, the yeah. Lord came down himself and told her to leave and she would probably still be there. So, yeah, that's a yeah. problem. Then she gets what she deserves at this point. When the family member she is does. like, no, my my kin is bad news, then I there's right? no helping. There's no helping. I mean, everyone was warning her, but whatever. Anyway, point <laughs> is, though... um. It was a really good movie, even though I know I'm making fun of the characters. It even was though really Wilbur good. is a creep. <laughs> and he is. He's he's still a creeper. I don't care. I don't know why he talks like that. Or I wish he would just, just make your face normal. Like, I don't know. He was just doing something weird. Like, it was bothering me. But, again, this was very much like a very um, engaging movie. And it's kind of been on my list for a while. So I kind of thought it was going to be... Um, I'm not... I kind of have like a blind spot when it comes to like British horror movies. So I just assumed that this was like one of them, but it's not, it's, it's not that at all. So, but yeah. And it also feels very much like Halloween-y, fall-like, mm -hmm. uh, minus the traditional elements. So, nice. but yeah, John, check it out. We'll see. Check out Wilbur. <laughs> I went up to Austin on Saturday so I could watch the Black own its premiere Ooh. nice yeah it does not come out until january 28th in theaters so sorry um but it is based on joe hill's short the black phone from 20th century ghosts uh and it is a about a 13 year old boy who is abducted by a child killer and locked in a soundproof basement. So he starts, uh, he's got no way out, but he starts receiving calls on a busted phone. Um, he's getting phone calls from the killer's previous victims. Uh, this is directed by Scott Derrickson and written by C. Robert Cargill. Those two previously gave us Sinister. 
So there is a lot of kind of overlap there uh, stylistically and structurally. Um, so if you like that, you will probably really enjoy this as well. It's set in the 70s, uh, 78. So these kids are super brutal to one another. But these kid actors are the absolute best. Um, I, You love Mimi from Psycho Gorman. <laughs> I adore Gwen. Gwen is mm. my favorite child ever. She is um, the younger sister to the lead character. She's a bit special, um, which is helpful for his his scenario. But she also is a potty mouth, super <laughs> hardcore potty mouth who does not take anything from anyone. She gets questioned by the police and calls them dumbass fart knockers. Uh, she even... <laughs> says what the fuck Jesus because she does love Jesus. So uh yeah, I, I adore her. I think it could probably dial up the scares, but overall I really, really enjoyed this. Uh and I obviously have to mention Ethan Hawk. He plays the um child killer who uh you never even see his face because he's wearing a mask designed by Tom Savini, which is super creepy. But his performance, like good grief, it's skin crawlingly creepy. So good. Wow. I, I have not seen him do a performance like this before, and it's really freaking creepy. Um, and then I watched a movie that you will be able to watch soon. Uh, no, <laughs> no one gets out alive. It is on Netflix as of Wednesday, the 29th, and it is about uh, an immigrant. She's wanting to uh, obtain the American dream. She was, you know, caring for her sick mother her mother died so then she leaves mexico and uh finds herself in cleveland she takes up a room in a boarding house because her options are limited as an undocumented um but there's something really off about this house so it looks like if you look at the trailer it looks like your standard haunted house um just with a modern twist mm -hmm. and so i wanted to watch it because i'm covering a lot of the halloween stuff this month but uh, I was super surprised. The one thing that intrigued me going in was that it's executive produced by David Bruckner and it's an adaptation of an Adam Neville novel. If you recall, those two previously teamed up, they gave us uh, the ritual. So I was very curious. I mean, it wasn't directed by Bruckner, um, but I, I was curious if there was going to be like some kind of similar magic at play. And turns out there is because... It is a complete kind of subversion of a haunted house movie. There is a lot of the the tropes there. Um, and then, you know, it builds to this crazy finale that gets a little brutal that I did not anticipate. So I really, really enjoyed it. I'm not going to say anything more than that, except that this is one you don't want to sleep on because there is way more than meets the eye here. So is this one, like, if you liked his house, you'll like this? Or is it very different? In it's very different. I mean, the the whole undocumented thing makes it sound like it's going to be, like, kind of culturally or so, mm -hmm. like a social um, thriller. But it's not. I think it's just a really clever way to cut her court. Because, you know, one of the most common tropes that that happens in haunted houses is, like, well, why don't they just leave? They right. could just up yeah. and leave the house. Well, this is a really clever modern way to address that because things happen to her that means that she's completely out of options. She's she's not legal. She doesn't have a job or she does, but it pays under the table and it's really rough. And then 
other things happen. So she's constantly getting trapped and cornered and like, you know, she's stuck and it's a really cool way to kind of address that trope without it being like didactic, if that makes sense. It's more. Well, it's kind of, yeah. It's kind of how I thought his house was going to be, but it wasn't. Yeah. Like his house, they're in that house for a different reason and yeah. that house is different for different. So, okay. Yeah. Interesting. No, but it, it is. Yeah. Definitely check it out because you think it's one thing and then it ends up going a completely different direction. Nice. Nice. Uh, I finally watched a found footage movie I enjoyed. Yay. It's been such a long time. I'm so bummed out. And it's my own fault. I mean, if you consume a specific subgenre in mass, it's just going to start to happen. Um, but I watched 2013's Final Prayer on Tubi. A team of Vatican investigators descend upon a church in a remote area to demystify the unusual happenings. But what they discover is more disturbing than they had first imagined. So I I actually found this because I was I honestly Googled found footage movies available to stream, just hoping to find a list or something. And I actually did. It was like hidden gems on Tubi. And this was the only one that I hadn't seen. Nice. And I when people are listening to this, it might be the last day before Tubi pulls it. I think Tubi pulls it October 1st. Uh-oh. So go check it out uh, if you want to watch found footage. But it is cool. Like, the they kind of get around the why are they filming aspect pretty well. Like, well enough. Um, not to, you know, there's always the hardest part in found footage is why are they filming? Why don't they put down the cameras? And they have headset cameras and they're there to investigate the happenings. So they're setting up cameras. So there's the footage like, okay, like that's good enough for me, but there wasn't so much manufactured tension and really, I guess what I've really noticed is a lot of film footage. Now it revolves around like late teen, early to mid 20 year olds yeah, and their interpersonal and their interpersonal um, like activities and they're all terrible people. Like they never act like they like each other. I was watching one last week. I told my wife, I'm like, the premise sounds really cool, Mm -hmm. but everything in between it's like 20, 30 minutes at a time of them being horribly racist and homophobic and just like not funny. Just like, which I get it. It's a road trip. Like, that's going to happen, like, with a bunch of, like, with 20-somethings. But, like, they're not even serious when they're interviewing people, like, when they're there. And it's, like, what? I feel like it's just these are the people who decided to make the movie. And this was them just filming each other going oh. between places they were going to film. Because if that was scripted and, like, yeah, you should totally say this, I'm disappointed. <laughs> so I was very glad that Final Prayer stayed on task. <laughs> and it's about trying to figure out this kind of messed up stuff that's happening in uh i think it's i think it's in scotland um so it is like uk and the vatican like investigating everything it's got a few pretty good scares the ends have got a pretty solid scare actually the tension builds pretty good um but yeah it's not i mean there's a couple of it's really difficult to have a horror movie where there isn't a character who's at least mildly annoying. Mm-hmm. It's just <laughs> tough. Like it's not believable. Um, but it's okay. Like it works. It's just the guy's more happy go lucky annoying. Like just trying to get a laugh out of people, but not over the top horrible person. <laughs> so I, I appreciate that so much. Well, question. 
And you yeah. can just in case if you did see this movie and you didn't like it, you can just sure. say yes or no. <laughs> I can cut this later. Okay. Too. <laughs> okay. Have you seen um the lost footage of Leah Sullivan? I have. Okay. Yeah. You. <laughs> I don't oh. think I, t- I. I think I talked about it. I think I talked about it a few weeks ago. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I okay. didn't because I'd watched some other stuff. Um, it was fine. Like I would put that middle of the road for me personally. Mm-hmm. It definitely has some strong "What are you still doing in the house?" vibes. Right. And there's a there's plenty of so they just set down the camera and started recording this just odd. conversation. <laughs> um, it has some weird stuff. I think it was pretty good though for like the scares that happened mm-hmm. within the movie. I kind of like it. Yeah, that ending. Yeah, the ending's really good, but I think a lot of the hard parts for me are the middle. Mm-hmm. The non-scary parts in found footage movies are tough. Yeah. I've realized watching a lot of found footage movies, so the ones that pull it off, it's like, oh, I appreciate you so much <laughs> that you're not just being terrible or saying terrible things or doing terrible things. You're just like being a person. And maybe, maybe what happens is when you're creating a film is people by nature just being people are boring so that's them trying to create something happening mm-hmm. but for me it just it feels so forced and over the top that you can find some other way to it's found footage it's cut together you yeah. can find more interesting things going on than some of that stuff but but yeah leah sullivan was fine like if you're gonna go out and, and check it out like streaming yeah it's i don't think it's that bad um it's better than a lot of them that i've been watching that i won't name because that's not what the show is about. Okay. <laughs> and I liked Final Prayer on Tubi. And then, and I didn't think I was going to watch so much of this since I just started watching it today, 2021's Midnight Mass on Netflix, mm. which I don't have to talk or explain about because we've been talking about it the last couple of weeks now, I think. Uh, I'm up to, I think, I think I just finished episode four. Anyway, mid, so Midnight Mass, Netflix, Mike Flanagan. It's great. It, I think Megan mentioned this. It's got those Mike Flanagan, like Haunting of Hill House monologues. Yeah. Like every episode's got a monologue, yeah. but they're pretty good monologues. They're not super forced. They're not kind of contrived or like it sounds like they've been like overly rehearsed. There's actually some really beautiful ones too, just like Haunting a Hill House. There, there's a scene, I'm just going to say, sitting on a couch. And I think it's in episode three or four. Or I think it's episode four where two of the characters are talking and it's just like beautiful, like almost like crying, listening to it. Like, Oh my God, like this, <sighs> like it's sad and heartbreaking and like happy and all this other stuff, but it's, it's really good. And it, so I had heavy, like Rose red vibes from haunting a Hill house. Yeah. Just, it's just going to happen if you've seen Rose red. But as soon as I started watching episode one of this, I said, am I watching storm of the century? Because I immediately thought it was going to go a storm of the century route because there's a storm in the first episode. And then, kind of. I don't think so. See, I'm not going to say what it is because that would be a spoiler. But I think it's way more of a different King property. I know what you're talking about. And I agree that it is. That was just my initial thought. Fair. Are all these vagaries driving you insane? You then should go watch up. it on Netflix. And then once you have catch you caught up, uh, Mike Flanagan wrote a personal essay 
about I this. saw that. Yeah. I didn't want to read it don't, because yeah. I still have a few episodes to go. I, I don't know. Yeah, don't don't read it until after. It'll be there. But it is yeah, a really I think cool... I'm gonna go finish it when I go to edit this episode. <laughs> I'm gonna have to turn it on because now I'm left on a massive cliffhanger that Every I did not see coming. Single episode has that hook that you're like, what? I need to tune into the next episode immediately. Like uh-huh. I, I love that. Okay. Sorry. And and I had only really watched Final Prayers as far as horror is concerned this last week. So I'm like, oh, okay, Midnight Mass. I'll watch an episode. I can do an episode, and then I'll talk about that. And then four, four episodes, episodes later, later <laughs> I was like, I guess I should go make dinner because we're going to have to record. So Midnight Mass, Netflix. Uh, sorry, just a bit. I don't uh, – uh, yeah, just go watch it. I'm not even going to tell you anything about it. Just go watch it. Just it's worth it. it. It's, it's Live really your good. life. Live your Zena, life. live live your life, Zena. Exactly. You should be live living my your life. life. I, I was busy but, this weekend. So much came out this past week. Oh my but, gosh. Can you believe that this is for me? I think this is like the calm before the storm because this is the days leading up crazy. to October. So it's about to get worse. Yeah. <laughs> so before it gets worse, what did we watch and how did we watch it? I watched VHS 94. Um, It'll be premiering on Shutter October 6th and the Dunwich Mm -hmm. Horror on Hulu. I watched the Black Phone at Fantastic Fest, but it will not be out until January 28th, 2022. And then, Uh. I know, uh, and then I watched No One Gets Out Alive, which will be out on Netflix as of when the episode drops on Wednesday. I'm still waiting for that puppet movie that you watched like last January. So Oh, Frank and Zed. Yeah. I think oh, that's, yeah. that's still making the uh fest rounds because that just played ah. at like Fantasia, I think. So it'll it's Damn. at some point. Ah, fine. <laughs> uh, and I watched 2013's Final Prayer on Tubi and 2021's Midnight Mass. First four episodes on Netflix. I still have to finish. All right, enough of what we've been watching this week. It's time for Megan to bring us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So what's going on, Megan? Hey, it's the Halloween season. You need new shoes, maybe. I don't know. My Uh, wife (laughs) says that to me just about every day when she sees the shoes that I wear. Well, she maybe she'll, like, take that back if you buy a pair of these. I don't know. Uh, Mm -hmm. But Vans is launching a collection of shoes inspired by horror movies this October. Uh, They took to social media last week to tease the Van... Vans X Horror Collection, a collection of spooky shoes for the Halloween season that are each inspired by classic horror films. Uh, You can see it on their social media. They had a brief teaser video for Horror Vans, and uh, it gave a sneak peek of shoes based on Stephen King's It, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, and The Shining. So, oh, I saw the Nightmare on Elm Street ones. I didn't realize that there was like multiple. Yeah, I kind of want the Shining ones. The reality is, is like, what are the odds that they're going to have uh, shoes in my baby feet size? They don't. They're, they're like <laughs> only dudes with big feet like horror shoes, apparently, which is not true. <laughs> I want horror <laughs> shoes. Um, so, yeah, there there will obviously be more information on that soon since it's dropping in October and not part of Vans. I also will replug uh, Andrew Lesane's custom shoes, uh, mm-hmm. Laptop Lesane. Laptop Lesane, yeah. So if you are like me and you cannot have, uh, you can't get Vans because they start at men's size ginormous and they sell out, um, <laughs> 
you can get custom horror kicks from from him and that will hopefully be a nice backup um and then kevin bacon is gonna return to camp yay but not yay. probably probably not in the way you expect it's uh he's boo. Going, what no boo <laughs> Like a well, I assume by what you meant is he's returning to Friday the 13th. Yeah, that's still hung up in legal limbo. Sorry. Mm. Yeah. So instead, he's going to uh, star and produce in a Blumhouse uh, horror movie that it was formerly titled Whistler Camp. Um, John Logan, he's behind Penny Dreadful, which I absolutely adore that show. He's making his directorial feature debut with new horror film in the works over at Blumhouse Productions. It doesn't have a title at the moment, even though it did have a title before. So that's fun. <laughs> um, Theo Germain will lead the cast and Kevin Bacon will star and executive produce. It is a film about a queer empowerment story set at a gay conversion camp. Ooh. Yeah. So you know that's horror by nature. It's horror <laughs> by nature. Exactly. So that is all of the details we have thus far. But I do love Kevin Bacon returning to horror almost Me always. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, if you need more gateway horror in your life, I feel like we will see a lot of that this season. Crypt TV and Peacock teamed up for gateway horror series The Girl in the Woods. Um, it is headed to the streaming service just in time for Halloween, and the official trailer dropped if you want to take a look at it. Uh, the series launches Thursday, October 21st on Peacock. All eight episodes will drop at once. It is set in the Pacific Northwest. The Girl in the Woods follows Carrie's escape from her mysterious cult-like colony that guards the world from monsters hidden behind its secret door within the woods. So it's <laughs> expected to touch on contemporary social issues. Are you giggling? Yeah, that's just a heavy responsibility. <laughs> it, is, it is. It's it's a lot. Uh, Stephanie Scott, she's in Insidious 3. She leads the cast, along with Freakies, Misha Oshovervich, uh, Sophia Bryant, Will Yun Lee, Kylie Leah Page, Reed Diamond, and Letter Robert Stars. Kristen Ritter, Jessica Jones, and Night Books uh, directed yeah. the first, first four episodes, including the pilot. And Jacob Chase, who did come play, directed the last four episodes. Nice. So, yeah, it's uh, based on Crypt TV's 2018 short film, The Door in the Woods, which was written and directed by Joey Green, and the 2020 sequel, The Girl in the Woods, written by David Calabare. So, obviously, it's produced by Crypt TV. The trailer looks like it's got tons of creatures in there, so it looks like it'll be like a gateway horror full of monsters, and I love monsters. <laughs> and uh, merging... Our love of movies with video games. Uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead, Demon, Elagos is coming to Evil Dead the game. I think I've talked about this game before, so more news is trickling in as it's getting closer to release. It's currently set to release in February 2022. Uh, Boss Team Games and Saber Interactive's Evil Dead the game will feature single-player and co-op gameplay, promising to be the ultimate Evil Dead experience in the world of video games. And um, yeah, there's it's a it's a stacked cast. So Elagos, did, did you guys watch Ash vs Evil Dead? Yeah, yes. yeah. So you're familiar <laughs> so with this like mind demon, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think that's pretty cool. So you can either battle Elagos or you could take direct control of the character. The upcoming game features Bruce Campbell as the voice of Ash Williams, plus Ellen Sandelweiss's Cheryl Williams from The Evil Dead, Marcus Gilbert's Arthur from Army of Darkness, and Richard 
Demanicor's uh, Scotty from The Evil Dead, as well as Ray Santiago's Pablo Simon Bolivar and Dana DiLorenzo's Kelly Maxwell from Ash vs. Evil Dead. So, you know, it kind of has the same plot uh, or gameplay style as, like, the Friday the 13th game, where it's, like, you can Mm -hmm. play as Jason and you have to get, you know, the, the campers before time runs out or vice versa. So I love that there's, like, more variety because... there's Elagos, which should be an interesting way to play him because he's a mind demon. Yeah. But, <laughs> but they also in, like announced Henrietta from Evil Dead Two, um, and Evil Ash Henrietta. from Army of Darkness. So nice. you can play like the the Evil Dead universe allows for a variety that's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, for. The boss team described the game for the first time ever. The Evil Dead universe comes together in one over-the-top experience starring boomstick brandishing, chainsaw-wielding horror hero Ashley J. Williams. So, yeah, it's uh, you're going to have like pretty much everything in this universe. Uh, you work together as a team of four survivors, exploring, looting, crafting, managing your fear. Managing your fear, that'll be a fun one. And finding key artifacts to seal the breach between worlds, or you can take control of a powerful Kandarian demon to hunt Ash and his friends while possessing deadites, the environment, and even the survivors themselves as you seek to swallow their souls. So, yeah, and it will be coming uh, to PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series, uh, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC. So, would you play as a demon, or would you want to play as one of the plucky heroes? I would love to be a demon. Uh, do you mean first, or like if you only could play once? What would be like your immediate? Like, what is your ash? Ash. Okay. Yeah, I can't help it. <laughs> you can't help it. That's totally fair. Because I have to assume the voice acting is going to be so good like the one-liners yeah like, i feel like you can't pass that up if you only get one shot yeah it sounds really fun i wants to play it guys <laughs> all right listeners your turn hoping megan can find scary shoes for her baby feet <laughs> can't wait for kevin bacon's return to horror stir of echoes is totally underrated by the way it's really good let's hear about it the number is 224-475-1040. The number is also in the show notes. Or feel free to email us at bedisgustingpodcast at gmail.com. Finally, Zena is going to make all our lives easier and the sea of horror movie options and clues in on what we should be watching. So, Zena, what should we be watching? Bloody Disgusting TV. That's my oh, first thing, you know, and it's also <laughs> available. <laughs> BloodyDisgusting.tv is also available because we're coming into that season where there are so many shows and so many movies. What are you going to watch? What are you going to do? <laughs> you know? So, okay, yeah. All right. You're going to so- get brain freeze. <laughs> Just let Be Disgusting TV decide for you. There you go. So Tuesday the 28th, um, we have The Forever Purge. It will be available on DVD. As well as Blood Conscious. It will be available on DVD. And this one is about a vacationing family who turns the tables on a mass shooter who claims to be fighting demonic forces. And Wednesday, we only have one movie coming out, but Megan spoke about this movie. No one gets out alive on Netflix, so you need to watch it because Megan said so. I did. And then <laughs> and then on Friday, we have three movies coming our way. Venom, Let There Be Carnage, will be in theaters this time. Okay? This time. <laughs> So you know. So our listeners don't know what you're talking about. Because I know, I, I know. But I'm just, I'm just, this time, 
<laughs> I'm leaving this in. Yeah, that's Zeta. fine. So you need to go see it since it will be in theaters this time. Zeta has been really, really excited about this genre bromance. Yes. But yeah, this one, uh, Tom Hardy returns as Venom in the sequel to the blockbuster anti-hero, anti-superhero film. So check it out. Um, and then Black as Night, will, which is a part of Welcome to Blumhouse, will be hitting Amazon. A teenage girl with self-esteem issues finds confidence in the most unlikely way by spending her summer battling vampires in New Orleans. Doesn't that sound Yay! fun? <laughs> yes, it does. Right? Yes, it does. <laughs> I miss New Orleans. <laughs> Then also a part of uh, Welcome to Blumhouse, Bangle Hell. It will also be available on Amazon. And the barrio of Oak Springs live a strong and stubborn group of elderly friends who refuse to be gentrified. Their leader, Lapita, keeps them together as a community, a family. Aww. But little do they know, their beloved Bangle Hall is about to be sold to a much more powerful force than money itself. There you go. And that's the Bloody Disgusting Podcast for this week, everyone. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com or on Twitter at HauntedMeg. Xena can be found on her own site, realqueenofhorror.com, and the YouTube channel of the same name, or at LovelyZena on Twitter. And you can hear me on my weekly Horror Nation podcast, Creepy. And the 31 Days of Horror that's kicking off this month, which is why the fact that I can actually form sentences right now (laughs) amazes me. We're proud of you. I'm not sure what day it is right now. Don't forget to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BeDisgustingPod, on Facebook at the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, or drop us an email at BeDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. And for more even content, and for even more content and rewards, including references that we made to the VHS movies this week, check us out on Patreon.com slash BeDisgustingPod. So for this week, I'm John. I'm Megan. I'm Zena. Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody. <laughs>